0: Welcome to the Final Severance Podcast for Season 1. We're going to dig into it in uh, just a second. And uh, holy moly, like, (laughs) what a finale, right? That was great. Uh, Before we dig into that, uh, just a reminder for anyone in Adelaide, I will be performing at the Rhino Room on June 3rd. This will be my first gig in Adelaide in nearly 18 months. Jeez, that's, uh, that's gone quickly. Anyway... Uh, I will be there on the 3rd of June. And for big squid listeners, if you use the promo word hammo, you will be able to get a special ticket price. That is H A double M O. H A double M O. Head to adelaidecomedy.com to take advantage of that offer. Uh, for my Patreon subscribers, check out. The severance post that goes up today, it'll be uh, the post that goes up with this script. And uh, you'll not only find this script, but uh, you'll also find an extra treat waiting for you. So, go over and check that out. That's specifically for our Adelaide listeners. Okay, let's get into the finale. And wow, that is just how you end a season, isn't it? (laughs) Like I I feel like I lost weight. I had so much fun. This episode for me was up there with some of the best finales I've seen in a long time. Uh, The the specific ones that come to mind are a couple of lost finales. The Hatch opening uh, at the end of season one, that was great. And also Jack telling Kate that they have to go back to the island was a pretty fantastic finale. And then I was also thinking of Hank on the Crapper, <laughs> finally realising who Heisenberg was in uh, Breaking Bad. And uh, actually, you know what? The finale for Better Call Saul last season was also a great one. It really put me in a lot of fear for Kim Wexler. There's been a lot of great finales over the years. They're just the ones that pop to mind, uh, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Um Oh, you you know what? Actually, the uh, the two finales for seasons one and season two of For All Mankind, that's on Apple TV as well. I don't know that many people who are watching that, and I think that's a real shame. The finales are phenomenal. It, it's a bit of a slow burn that series, but it is incredibly meaty. Like, there's so much going on. In the first couple of episodes of each season, you have to kind of get your head around this alternate history. And then the finales are so exciting. And also, uh, oh, you know what, I'm not going to give anything away. It's worthwhile checking out. It is a really, really great series and the two finales are, I reckon, pretty close to being as good as this Severance one. Maybe just as good to be honest. Uh, it's it's really great. So anyway, little plug there for, uh, for all mankind. Uh, but anyway, what I figured we'd do is rather than bounce back and forth between the different storylines, because that's how the finale played out, it was like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I thought that would be hard to kind of uh, talk about with you. So I thought, well, why don't we just concentrate on each character at a time? So let's start with Dylan, I've spoken to a few people who didn't realise that he had to hold the switches to make his friends wake up on the outside, and I have to say that was a relief because I hadn't realised that either. I thought he'd have to flick one and flick the other. I thought he had to maybe flick both of them at the same time. That was what I thought was occurring, but that he had to hold them. Like This not only made Dylan's act heroic but what an Olympian feat of strength. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And look, also, as someone who wears glasses, watching his glasses slowly slipping further and further down his cute butter nose added incredible levels of anxiety to an episode that was already dialed up to the max. So, two little things that I'd like to point out, and there's not really much to talk about with Dylan. He had kind of like one job in this episode, but there was still a nice couple of beats along the way. Uh, One was that, you know, he had the sculpture of his friends there to keep him motivated and focused. I thought that was very cute. And I also loved when he swore at Mr. Milchick, he still called him Mr. Milchick. It's like, fuck you, Mr. Milchick. It's a very funny thing to swear at someone and then still kind of show respect for their name. But... Uh I think that simple line reading says so much about the character and we also learned that he has 3 children. Oh, Dylan. He uh he might not appear uh as much as the uh, rest of his uh team in this episode, but for me he's the MVP. He really really is uh left to do a incredible job that allows uh the rest of the characters to uh you know learn some terrifying truths. Okay, uh, let's look at Irving. Uh, When he comes uh, around in his home, he takes a little interest in the painting and has a tour of where he lives, and he discovers his dog Radar. And uh, remember Ms. Casey slash Gemma told him he likes the sound of Radar? Uh, Well, that's maybe the sound of his dog. But then he finds all the military medals and his father's Navy uniform, and I guess that means that Maybe Irving was in the Navy, and maybe that's why he's got a dog called Radar, uh, or maybe that was just his dad. Like, there's like, are they just his dad's medals, or are they his medals? Um, it also appears that Irving has been studying Lumon and has all sorts of papers, maps, and newspaper clippings that reveal damning stories about the company, the severance process, and he has lists of employees. And it's through that we discover Dylan G is, in fact, Dylan George. But when he finds Bert's information, he feels compelled to race towards him. Uh, Look, that decision was giving me heart palpitations for a number of reasons. First of all, I was worried he might not be able to remember how to drive and might have an accident. And he he starts off a bit bumpy, right? And you're like, oh, no, please don't (laughs) drive into a wall or something awful like that. But he gets there. So that was okay. But that was just an early anxiety. But then two, it was like, well... Bert's not going to remember who he was, and, and now he's losing valuable time uh, when he could be discovering what he's been working on. And, you know, like, on the one hand, he's in love with Bert, so he wants to go and find him, but, like, the logic of it, like, this isn't uh, having a go at the writing, it's the, it's, you know, crazy things uh uh, happened when you're in love, uh, as Will Smith claimed uh, when he went slappy Rooney's with um, Chris Rock. But um, yeah, him leaving behind all of the information that he has that could have probably told him more about what he was working on. Uh, you know, it was frustrating in a really good way. Uh, and then, of course, you're worried about what he might find when he gets there. And you look. I've told you right from the start that their, uh, you know, very gentle affair had to be leading towards some sort of heartbreak. And so I knew it wasn't going to be good, but on the plus side, Bert was alive. But on the downside, Bert is living happily with another man and poor Irving's face. John Turturro's eyes are just so perfect. And finishing with him banging on the door was heartbreaking and, And it is also going to be strange when he converts back to his outie and wonders why he's there in the first place. Uh, A few questions about that, but I'll save them for the end of the recap. But we'll come back to this uh, further in the podcast. Uh, We had speculated that Helly was an Egan a few episodes back, and that was mainly because we hadn't seen a lot of her outside life. And I, I know we saw the video, but there was always a sense that maybe she'd been coerced into making it. Like, we weren't too certain, uh, and this was just a great way to reveal the truth as to why she did film this, and that is because she is a true believer, and seeing this through her eyes is shattering. Like, this scene of her walking through a labyrinth inundated with images of her true self came to me as a particularly confronting therapy session... (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, my God, maybe I'm not a good person or maybe I've failed in certain aspects. Anyone who's had therapy knows that there are moments where you look at certain parts of your life and, and it doesn't need to be that dramatic, but you can look and even just think, "Ah, oh, I wasn't at my best at that point and I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve or I just could have been better. So, that that's on the mild level and here she is just confronted with the fact that out in this world she is a completely different person, that she is probably not a good person, that she is indeed compliant. And that video we saw of her was indeed her true self. But what is your true self? Like maybe the Innies in some way are the true selves because they're removed of uh you know outside stimulus, they're removed of information that could, uh, you know, encourage them to go in a different direction. Um, They're free of any cult-like families that they may have grown up in. Poor Hayley. And, you know, she comes to, she's just seeing all these images of who she is out there, and then she finds that she's surrounded by rich and vacuous people, and that, to me, is another kind of hell Yuck! I'd be so bummed out. Like, it'd be great to have money, but then you have to hang out with people who have money. (laughs) Boo! (laughs) Uh, Luckily, Helly is a smart cookie and uh, is able to blame the drink for her obvious distractions at the party. Uh, Everyone, you know, not everyone, but a few people notice that she's a little bit off, so uh, she is able to, you know, talk her way out of that and allows her to wander around and take in everything that is happening in her outside life and she gets to take it in at her pace. I I felt sick for her when I realized that she had to give a speech, but then uh, that kind of turned very quickly because then I was like, oh, well, that means she would have a platform to speak to everyone gathered. So, which of course is what happens. But then, You know, you go from thinking, oh God, I hope she doesn't have to do the speech to, oh, I hope she gets to do the speech and I really wish that would hurry up soon because how long is Dylan going to keep those switches open? Uh, Watching Heli look at the photos of her having a great time with Mark Irving and Dylan was an extremely perverse experience. Uh, Lumen has decided on the story it wants to tell and that story is a positive tale, a narrative that suggests the any life is fulfilling and fun. Of course, there aren't any photos of Heli trying to commit suicide or even a hint of the video that her outie recorded when she told her innie that she isn't even a real person. And looking at all of this and the way they'd edit it uh, to create this uh, false narrative to present to everyone reminded me of many years ago talking to a person who was in reality TV. Like right, This is going back... Uh, uh, maybe, oh God, like 10, 15 years ago. And uh, this person was telling me about all the things that happened on the reality TV show she was on. And then she was telling me about how it was edited and how it was presented, how specific people who were coming across as bad people were just really not that bad. And uh, how some of the people they decided were, you know, the wonderful people and the good people weren't quite that either. Like, lo and behold, it turns out people are complicated. And uh, in reality TV, they like to edit you to uh, fit the narrative that they want to tell. And so watching her uh, walk around this world, it it felt like that to me. It felt like, uh, you know, a reality TV show uh, editing Uh, down into a narrative that suits the company rather than the individual. Uh, We know that Helly is in a job that came very close to killing her, but when you look at Milchick's photos, you think she's having the time of her life. And it also explains why he keeps taking photos, right? Like, we kept wondering, why is that happening? And now we know it's all part of this, um, this big event where they're trying to convince people innies are having a great time. Uh, once again, in this world, Helly is surrounded by terrible people, including the unctuous senator, Angelo Arteta, and his almost-a-complete-person-slash-wife, Gabby, who has uh, quite clearly been severed. Uh, they're excited because Helly has gone through this process, which will make severance more accessible for the world. We then meet Helly's father, James Egan, who talks to her about the pain her innie had caused. That's interesting, isn't it? That, that was really gross to hear the way they talked about the innie and uh, like she's this evil sister or something like that. Um, and talking about what she tried to do to Helena, like it's like like they they don't even acknowledge that she's a part of her. They actually consider her to be something completely different. Uh, he also asked if she can recall what she said when she first saw the lumen prototype chip she said it was so pretty that the whole world should get one and he assures her that this will happen and when it does they will all be his children now that's a pretty gross line but i have to be honest the line that stood out to me the most was when he promised his daughter one day you'll sit with me at my revolving and i was like what does what does that mean what does uh, like wh- what are they getting at when they say revolving it's a it's a very curious uh word and it's um you know it, it could mean lots of things uh, that, that's kind of what's great about it it's it's a it's a very uh you know just a very solid word that you can project whatever you want onto it um but you know if you want to look at uh, like revolving is like moving in a circle on a central axis uh moving in a circular orbit um and it's also uh treated as the most important element so their whole uh, and that when i looked this up it said uh their whole lives revolved around the company that was the um that was the uh dictionary's uh, definition and how you could use the word revolve in a sentence and i thought oh that's That's probably a coincidence, but that's a very good coincidence, isn't it? Because that kind of is what it feels like. And um, so with the idea of revolving, uh, my guess is... And this is just me speculating. I'm not saying that this is uh, definite. I'm not even saying I'm I'm going to be married to this idea in two weeks. But uh, after watching it on Friday and having it uh, sit in my subconscious for the last weekend... I'm gonna say maybe kia egan is still alive but has his consciousness consciousness passed on to new bodies so i'm still enamored with the idea that their work is helping to perfect the brain and how it works and i, I don't think they've gotten there yet and i think that's why people seem a little bit off like it's not just that some of them have been severed i wonder if um you know, if they're cloning or they're mind swapping or something like that, they still need to iron out the bugs. And there's just certain aspects of the way the brain works, like the subconscious, that they can't quite get on top of. And that's why all these people, like, you know, you you watch James talk to Helena and it's creepy. Like, he's just not quite right. He, He looks like
1: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com
0: slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And just, there's certain aspects of uh, humanity that it can't, (laughs) you know, do a good impersonation of. So, uh, anyway... Whatever it is, I, I think they still need to iron out the bugs. So, this is all very creepy. And I can't believe Heli didn't just scream when confronted with the truth of her real life. Like, that is a confronting moment for her. And we watch as Heli faces the mirror and recites the compulsion statement from the bank uh, from the break room. And then she's soon out the front in front of everyone telling them what she really is, what this is all really uh, about, what it really means... And she even manages to throw off Ms. Coble, uh, which was interesting. I thought Ms. Coble was going to be able to stop her. But uh, all of that's very fascinating. Like, she races there and then confronts her. But then also, it's kind of weirdly uh, incapable of actually doing anything other than letting her know that she knows what's going on, Uh, which is, uh, you know, we've just seen her drive like a maniac to get there, making the phone calls, etc. Uh, one of the little things that I noticed is when uh, Helly goes out and confesses to everyone there about how awful it is inside, everyone laughs. And uh, once again, look, I'm showing some biases here, but it just shows you how the rich and the powerful can often exhibit very little empathy for anything beyond their purview. Uh, Patricia Arquette has been a marvel in this season. Oh my God, she's so good. And I just watched Lost Highway last night, which will be coming up uh, in the next uh few weeks on our deep dive directors for David Lynch, and uh, gosh, she's fantastic in that, and she is just so good in Severance. It's just been a masterclass. I love that she's a smart antagonist as well, like, so, you know, when she's hugging Mark and then he changes, uh, she suspects something, and I like that. And I also like that she doesn't suspect that his innie has just arrived, because, why would she suspect that? No one would suspect that that's happening. But she does know something is off and she hovers around Mark to try and work out what is happening and when he calls her by the wrong name, the jig is up. So uh, she she makes a good villain if she is indeed that. And uh, I also love that for a moment we believe she has abducted the baby. But I also have to say I'm glad that she didn't. I feel like that would have just been one move too many in an episode that is juggling a lot of action and a lot of tension i think taking the baby might have been one step too far it would have um, negated something i think i i feel like the balance in this episode is pretty much perfect um but i also like that for a moment i worried that she had uh, taken the baby as well but uh, i was glad that she just left it in a room Uh, Ms. Coble might have just found her way back into the good graces of Lumen, something that we speculated about last week as well. Remember we said, you know, maybe this will be the thing that gets her back in the good graces. So, uh, a few more questions about Ms. Coble uh, towards the end of this podcast, but first, uh, let's finally discuss Mark. What a wonderful episode of television acting by Adam Scott. There were moments that I was worried that he was going to try to kiss his sister. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you have that moment? It was a real, ah, don't do that kind of uh, sensation as I was sitting here watching by myself. Uh, So I was quite relieved when that did not happen. Uh, I liked that moment where he just said, ah, our baby. And then, um, you know, (laughs) <laughs> she's like well if you mean it uh, as a, a, vill- a village of many and I was like oh whew, okay that's a uh, I-, I just didn't need to see something like that to be honest once again it would have been one step too many but I like that it uh, hinted that that was potentially on the cards um, then Mark trying to confess to his sister about what is going on is a nightmare because she has so many responsibilities to deal with as the host of the evening and looking after a baby uh, the people who are there they're Genuine idiots too. From the guy who at first thinks it's off that Devon's baby is being paraded uh, around to at the end just loudly yelling, "I found the baby!" It's like, what is wrong with this insane asshole? And also, the woman that Mark shares the book with. Why has she changed her name before? What did he say that makes her think, "Oh, maybe I'll have to change my name again"? What's going on with her bird? Great. (laughs) You only got little taste of these people and they felt like fully formed characters. Uh, Then the moment that Mark realises he's at his idols reading, Rickon, you know how much I have loved Rickon, and this was a very funny moment in a truly tense episode. And when you look at the people at his house for his reading, it makes perfect sense because they're all strange, all emotionally stunted, and you can understand why it appealed to the innies because the innies are strange, and they're emotionally stunted as well. They've only been alive for a short amount of time. So, of course, Rickon's words would resonate, and all the people there are quite clearly left of centre, and therefore, yes... He does have his own little cult going. Lumen's like the big professional cult and Rickon's like the, hey, I'm just on the side kind of cult. Uh, Mark accidentally gives away the game to Miss Cobble, as we've already discussed, and uh, he still has time to discover truths about himself. Uh, And once again, Adam Scott's acting is so beautiful. The moment that he discovers that he used to be a history teacher, uh, he learns that. Not only was he very happy with his wife, but she brought out the best in him. And that all four of them actually had a really good relationship, which is um, bittersweet, really, isn't it? And when he finally sees a photo of Gemma and realises she's alive, he runs to tell his sister. And as he does this, Irving's pounding on Bert's door, and Helly's revealing to everyone that the innie life is terrible. And that is when Milchick body slams Dylan, and our episode Ends! Good ending, right? Really good ending. Um, I did swear. <laughs> I did swear a lot, but it was joyful swearing. It was a lot of, ha ha, fuck you. Um, anyway, a few passing thoughts for us to... Uh, think about, speculate about over the next few months. Uh, whoever, you know, knows when we'll be getting the next season. Uh, and I'm, once again, I'm happy for them to take their time and give us some quality. But um, here's a few things that I'd uh, written down for you. Uh, one of which was a friend of mine said that when Mark yelled, She's Alive, it made her think of Frankenstein. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Considering Gemma was dead or assumed dead. I wonder if that is a coincidence or a clue of some sort. And what is going on with Gemma? If we... Maybe if we stick with the cloning suspicions, maybe she is a clone of Mark's dead wife. Once again, the brain development isn't quite perfect yet. Miss Casey's demeanour and James Egan's demeanour, they're not too different, really. Both stilted, mildly uncomfortable. Egan's is probably... You know, he's probably getting the best version of it. Miss Casey might be uh, an experiment. But, um, yeah, I thought when my friend pointed that out, I thought, oh, that's very interesting. It's very specific wording, isn't it? So, um, oh, Mark. Anyway, just thinking about all those revelations. That moment when Mark looks at her and uh, looks at the photo of her, and uh, I actually found that quite moving. I found it... Uh, Yeah, I I actually felt a bit teary at that point. His acting was so good. Uh, Another question for you. What if Bert and Irving do know each other outside of Lumen, but in ways we don't suspect? Maybe they've already broken up and Bert is now with a new man. That would be awkward when the door opens next season. (laughs) Or we also know or at least suspect that Irving is the mole in Lumen Industries, so he must have been the one working with Petey, so I wonder what their ultimate plans are. Or well, maybe, maybe uh, on the outside, Bert and Irving are working together. Maybe they're having an affair. There's so much to still wonder about. Uh, trying to work out what the ultimate plan is, though. I wonder if the severance chips have been in use for much longer than we expected. And maybe Irving's father was one of the first people to have one. Uh, you know, have one inserted. Uh, so, you, you know, like... Ecstasy used to be given to married couples who were struggling in their relationships. And uh, what a good time to be in a relationship that's struggling. Take two of these and uh, get back to me after you've stopped partying or not. Um, so anyway, so I wonder if the, uh, the severance chips were something that were used or experimented on through the army uh, and maybe it's like to help with the after effects of PTSD, something like that. Uh, I've wondered if this has all been a front for a military purpose, but maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it was used for military purposes, and now it feels like it's transitioning into the real world. I always think about the MK Ultra experiments and things like that. So, uh, And now I'm starting to wonder if Lumen is a metaphor for companies like Facebook. You know, think about the way social media has rewritten our synapses and the way our brains work. It doesn't feel that far out of the ordinary with what is occurring on this show uh here's another thought for you. Harmony racing back to stop heli is an interesting one. I still can't quite work out if she is that loyal to Lumen or if she has a greater plan that she needs to see through. Uh, she, you know, We know that she has been working outside of the parameters of her job and uh, that is a little bit fascinating. Uh, this might be a situation like the one we speculated with her potentially having a daughter that she is hoping Lumen will reunite her with. She also doesn't really do a lot to stop Heli from going out and revealing what happens inside. Like, she doesn't grab her. She doesn't try to push her to the ground. Uh, She she comes and uh, confronts her, but then just lets it play out. And that's, I don't know, I just thought that was quite interesting. Uh, So, was that potentially all an act on her behalf to get back into the good graces of the board? Or is she actually a true believer? You know, like, it's... She's a very complicated character And that's great And that's why you get to sit here And speculate as to where things might be going And uh, also, why did Helena really agree to do the severance process? Incredibly wealthy people rarely put themselves on the line So this is an interesting decision for me We've only really seen her once without being observed Back earlier in the season When Mark uh, nearly hits her when leaving the office Do you remember that? That feels like about 15 years ago, doesn't it? Um, they don't recognize each other and she does seem pretty hostile in that moment and like I know she nearly got hit by a car but it seems it seems a little bit more like there's something on her mind and then she steps uh, when when that accident or you know that moment nearly occurs so uh, maybe it's not quite as uh, sweet as it appears as it could be uh, and also what is going on with Natalie I know she's not a main character but she seems to have a direct connection to the board and works closely with Helena in the real world she also seems to have a close relationship with the father and helps him find his daughter when she's having a moment to herself in the toilet we rarely hear the board and I just had a little moment of going is Natalie much higher up in the company than we suspect and maybe this facade allows her to hide in plain sight. So, you know, when she's talking, and no one can hear anything. Maybe, maybe there isn't anything being said. Maybe, maybe she's the one in charge. I don't know. It was just a thought that I had. She's a, I wasn't expecting to see her out in the real world. And also, is Mr. Milchick an innie all the time? He doesn't appear to leave work, does he? Uh, I'd love to find out what, if he does, what he does. I'd love it if it found out if we found out that Milchek is uh, a cabaret performer <laughs> in the real world. It would feel right, don't you think? Uh, okay, I love this finale. Uh, I'm also really content to have a think about this for a while. I love that they've left us with a nice mix of answers and questions that can now sit in the back of the subconscious and bubble away. We still don't know what's going on with the goats. That's fine. I'm more than fine to not know at the moment. I'm happy to think about the goats. I don't need any answers about the goats yet. Uh, watching this week to week with you has been a real treat, and judging by the comments over at the Big Squid Patreon site, uh, you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Uh, a lot of you appear to have had the same physical reaction as me too. Uh, as I said, my legs were jigging at such a rate of knots I thought I was about to drill down into the neighbour's uh, home below. Um, when I was young, uh, and you know, Mum and I would be catching the bus to a basketball game, my legs would always jig and. J- <laughs> Out of nowhere, i just feel this hand grab my legs like because it was driving my mum insane. It's been something that uh, I've had all my life. And uh, two-thirds of the way through that episode, I was like, oh, both legs are jigging. Yep, yeah, glad I'm watching this by myself. <laughs> I can just enjoy this and know that I'm not uh, bothering anyone as, uh, as the whole lounge vibrates. Uh, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. If you haven't already told me or what your theories are, I'd love a hearing a theory. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you can leave your thoughts under the post I put up on Friday, or you can leave the thoughts under this post uh, where, you know, I'll upload this at the same time that I, uh, the script that is at the same time as I upload the podcast. So you can either leave thoughts there or under the Friday post. Uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, you're dead to me. Oh no, sorry, uh, that was my uh, Audi talking. My innie says, uh, it's genuinely fine. But uh, if you want to leave some thoughts, uh, head over to the Big Squid Facebook page, either the uh, the open page or the private page. Uh, on the private page, I'd said to everyone, hey, let's just wait until Sunday before we start sharing thoughts in case we ruin anything for anyone. So um, I'd love to hear what you think uh, is going on uh no no thoughts uh, or speculation is incorrect i just i just like to hear it. the more creative the better uh this has been a lot of fun and i can't wait to do this all again with you for season two whenever that comes out uh Just before I go, as a heads up, you'll receive two more podcasts this week. Tomorrow, you'll have a brand new Osploitation movie discussion with the latest Past the Amel episode. And this time, Garth and I are looking at the 1981 Aussie movie, Road Games. That's a fun podcast. Then on Thursday, you'll have a new Deep Dive Director's episode as Ben Elwood returns for our look at David Lynch's Wild at Heart. So that will be three podcasts this week. And then... Uh, I'm taking the following week off so I can focus on a couple of new projects and then we'll be back with our usual, uh, you know, uh, schedule of podcasts. I've got a lot uh, that are built up that are ready to go. Um, but, yeah, I just need to get on top of a couple of uh, things and it's uh, it's a good opportunity to uh, give myself uh, Easter and uh, the following week to get on top of that stuff. So, uh, as I said, three podcasts this week uh and um, there will be a new blog as well uh, a new dispatches from the fury road blog that will be over at my site at bigsquidpod.com or uh if you're on patreon remember you will get a version of the blog as a podcast it's not it's not exactly the same it's a little bit different uh it often is uh, an early version of the blog that comes with director's commentary before i rewrite the blog for A succinct reading experience So uh, keep an eye and an ear out for them Alright What a great way to start the week What a great series I'm glad we found it I'm glad we watched it I'm glad you've been on board with this I've had a really good time And uh, I hope you've had as much fun as I have Enjoy the start of the week And I'll be back with you tomorrow Until then